Hi guys, I'm Kaylee Frost, Head of Clinical Support at Health Assured, and I'm joined today by Saj, our Lead Counsellor, and we're going to discuss PTSD. Hi Saj, you okay? I'm good, yeah, how are you? you all right? I can't wait to see and hear what you have to say about this. Um, you are one of our trauma experts at Health Assured, so this is a very fitting podcast for you to be involved in, so thanks very much for joining me today. Not a problem. I enjoyed the last one, so I thought I need to do it again. I know. You can't keep away. There's going to be like one a quarter now with you on, and I'm more than happy with that. So um, when I told everyone, all the different people that um, have asked me who's doing what with the podcast, and I say, Sadge is doing PTSD, everyone has been like, yes, Sadge is the man for you. So you've got a little bit of a reputation for being like the trauma king at Health Assured. Um, and I know some of that is just, you know, because – the, the way that your role is in terms of you helping specific trauma clients. Um, but do you have a, a trauma training background? Like where, where's the trauma king that's in front of me today? Where, where did that come from? Where did you come from? To be honest with you, I think it's only since I uh, started working out to short yeah. and different clients. Yeah. And I think I had more trauma clients and then with out to short because I do the power to recover, yeah. which is all about trauma. That's yeah. when my kind of passion for trauma took over yeah. and then my understanding and then I kind of did different kind of training, different courses on trauma. Yeah. And then I thought, you know what, this is my cup of tea here. So, uh, so I kind <laughs> I of- love a bit of trauma. Yeah, Ooh. a bit of trauma. Because, <laughs> and we'll go into this, because then I realized that almost every client that I speak to, there is some parts of unprocessed trauma. Yeah. Okay, when you look at the different mental health conditions, diagnosis, there's elements of trauma there, which is not processed. Yeah. And that unprocessed trauma, could that come from, so when you think of traumatic events, you think of an assault, a horrific bereavement, an accident, um, abuse, neglect, those types of really huge things. But I guess the trauma can come, a traumatic event in some ways could be quite subjective for each person. So for me, for example, because I love my job and you know how much I love my job. If I was to lose my job, for example, that would be a yeah. hugely traumatizing experience for me, but it's not one that you would usually associate, I don't think. So no, you're right. I think all these different life events could be classed as traumatizing for one That's person it. and another. I think any event, any incident yeah. that is traumatic, yeah. That is having an impact on your physical health, on your mental health, on your day-to-day -day activity. Yeah. That is trauma. Okay, yeah. So there are different types of trauma. I mean, there's abuse that we all know of, physical, emotional, psychological. Uh, and then there's a loss in terms of a relationship breakdown. There's yeah. bereavement. There's grief. And then you've got uh, kind of uh, chronic uh, traumas in terms of domestic violence, yeah. child abuse, uh, you know, ongoing uh, events uh, which are traumatic, kind of bullying, racism, homophobia, yeah, etc. Yeah. So there's all kinds of, and all of this is trauma because yeah. before I got into the subject, I always used to think trauma and PTSD is, you know, when you're at war or, you know, yeah, or, yeah. that's what, that's that what was, you associate PTSD with, don't exactly, you? Like exactly. Vets that have come back. That's it. Like, yeah. But then you realize that any kind of traumatic incident, now what happens is when you experience any kind of trauma, now there are different types of trauma, you see. There's 
my, I don't want to get too technical, but just basics really in terms of yeah. acute trauma. Yeah. You know, one-off trauma that can happen. You've seen, like we get on with Health Assured, a train driver, someone just coming for a train. I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, 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 we, yeah. Get, we get quite a lot of those. Yeah. Uh, you know, someone's been attacked, someone's been assaulted, someone, uh, something's happened in their life that's quite traumatic. So that's acute trauma. Then you've got chronic trauma. It could be child abuse. It could be domestic violence. You know, something yeah. that's ongoing for a long time. Then you've got complex trauma where someone's experienced more than one trauma. They've yeah. had three, four, five, six different levels of trauma. So, so that has is different kind of symptoms as well. Yeah. Then you've got also secondary trauma as well, which yeah. is what, you know, someone else has experienced it. But because you've been there, you've seen the aftermath, you've kind of then had the impact of trauma as well, you yeah. know? So, so that in itself is, is, is quite a lot. And, uh, and I think when you have these, symptoms of trauma these levels of trauma then when you look at it what are the symptoms of trauma yeah. and, and, and they can be massive can be anything from flashbacks can be anything from struggling to sleep nightmares it can be high anxiety levels yeah. uh, hypervigilant you're looking yeah. out for, for danger you know you're looking out for for a threat so you don't want to go out of the house there could be low confidence low self-esteem feeling angry irritable could be physical symptoms like palpitations, tight chest, lightheadedness, even things like poor appetite or being kind of jumpy, easily yeah. startled, et cetera, et cetera. So these are some of the symptoms yeah. of trauma. Now, because we're talking about PTSD, so what's the link between trauma and PTSD? Now, with if these symptoms of trauma, usually they should only be there for a few weeks. Yeah. A week, two weeks. that's week, normal. That's, that's normal. quite normal, yeah. Because they're not, they shouldn't be there to stay for a long time. Mm -hmm. So if it's there for a couple of weeks, that's how it should be, because it takes a bit of time to feel a bit safe again. Yeah. It takes a bit of time to process it, and it takes a bit of time to get back into some kind of normality. Yeah. When that doesn't happen, and normally when you look at all the diagnosis of PTSD, it's when it's more than a month. Yeah. When it's more than a month and the symptoms are there, they're not improving, they're getting worse, then that's where the diagnosis of PTSD comes in. Yeah. Okay. And you, just to clarify, Saj, when when you talk, talk about a diagnosis, you have to physically go to be diagnosed, don't you, yeah. by a professional? Because I know a lot of people will throw around quite loosely PTSD, you know, such body's got PTSD or I've got PTSD, but it does need to be, it's a, it's a disorder, yeah. isn't it? And it, it is. needs to be diagnosed. You go to your GP, your GP yeah. will refer you to a mental health specialist, whether it's a psychiatrist or a psychologist, and yeah. then you have to have, you know, a diagnosis to see if you've got the symptoms yeah. of PTSD. Uh, and then you are diagnosed with someone who's got PTSD and then yeah. treatment is put in place for you, whether it's therapy or medication, yeah. et cetera. But you don't have to have a diagnosis either to get support for trauma, do you? No, no, not at so all. The, if you think about the number of trauma calls we get to the helpline versus people who've probably formally been diagnosed, I bet it's way off because yeah. people don't want to go to the doctors. They don't want that kind of, they don't want it to be made official in yeah, their head, yeah. maybe that they've got PTSD. That's but it. so we, you know, support doesn't, isn't, you know, there's no barrier there if you haven't there isn't, no. been diagnosed. That's, and I think, to be honest with you, a lot of people are not, are not aware that yeah. this is a trauma symptom. Yeah. Because as we'll go into shortly is, once something happens in your life and all of a sudden, you know, as you're growing up, 
you can't understand. Hang on, why am I getting angry? Why am I getting yeah. irritable? Why am I getting quiet? Why do I always need to keep really busy? Yeah. Why do I not get any help or support? Why do I want reassurance in this relationship? Why am I tolerating bad behavior? All these things yeah. are trauma responses, especially when it's unprocessed because you're not sp spoken to anyone, you're yeah. not gone to a GP, no one has diagnosed you. So you're thinking this is just everyday life when in reality, these are symptoms of unprocessed trauma. And that's, I think, probably a lot of people that are listening to that will go, oh my goodness, like that does sound. Because yeah. people think about trauma and like you say, war, going up, you know, soldiers, you think of shell shock, you know, that that's what you, in flashbacks and um, disturbed sleep yeah, um, and the hypervigilance, but you associate that with conflict yeah. and, you know, war and, and things, it. but it, it's... I think so many people have gone through something. You know what? Even little things like, you know, like near misses in life. You know, like I've, I've been like, oh, bothered for a few days after, you know, like nearly been hit by a car. And, you know, because you stepped out in the road and you've not like looked That's and it. stuff. And that can, they're like almost mini acute trauma, you know. And I think it starts with that. And then, you know, if you talk about it, if you process it, if yeah. you take care of yourself, then that uh, those symptoms of trauma will kind of disappear. Okay, yeah. more or less, okay. Yeah. But if you haven't processed it and then something else has happened or you've already got stress and anxiety, you've yeah, already yeah, got yeah. something else, then it makes it hard. So if you look at PTSD, I mean, PTSD, when you, not in terms of diagnosis, but when you look at what it is, it mainly comes under four kind of parts, yeah. okay. So the first part, I've got it in my little diary here. <laughs> the first part is uh, intrusive memories, okay. Yeah. So this is what we call re-experiencing. So yeah. this is where there's flashbacks, there's nightmare, you're struggling to sleep, struggling to focus, struggling to concentrate. So that's kind of when, when they do the diagnosis, they look at, you know, do you have re-experiencing? So are you struggling with that? And part of this is disassociation. This is where you zone out. Yeah. So this is sometimes you might think, hang on, I can't remember where half of my day has gone, or I can't remember what I did that day, or this association. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, okay. or someone's talking to you, and uh, no, that's me like three days a week. Okay, <laughs> someone's talking to you, but your your mind is like a million miles away. You're yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. Okay. So this is this this is part of the trauma response we call uh, freeze, which I'll kind of yeah. talk about in a bit, because this is your system shutting down yeah. because of, you know, the trauma is becoming overwhelming. So that's the first part. The second part is avoidance. Mm -hmm. So you avoid any anything that's related to the trauma, people, places, situations, you don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. I was talking to someone today, actually, and uh, it, was a, it was a stillbirth. And, uh, you know, you don't want to talk to anyone who's got babies. Don't want to go to anyone's houses who's got babies, okay? And some people, I was speaking to someone the other day, you know, had had uh, a car crash. So, you know, uh, doesn't want to go into a car, doesn't want to go into a van, doesn't want to go into public transport. So any kind of thing that reminds them of the trauma, then it turns to avoidance, okay? Yeah. Which seems like, you know, uh, a way to take care of ourselves, but then it becomes part of the problem because then you get stuck in that comfort zone and then I guess you guess it becomes really hard to face that fear and insecurity. And it puts so many barriers for you to live your life. For example, the the transport piece, like yeah. how many restrictions is that going to give you in life? You know, you can't travel for work if you want to go on holiday and and things. So that will become a bigger issue. Yeah, yeah. And then it's a uh, kind of uh, negative changes in mood. You know, where you, you know, you kind of put yourself down, yeah. you kind of feel hopeless, you feel helpless, you kind of blame yourself. Okay. So that's, you know, and there's anxiety levels, uh, there's uh, hypervigilance, you know, you're looking out for danger. That's all, all there. 
And the last part is uh, uh, changes in physical uh, reactions. So that's hyperarousal. So hyperarousal is where you got anxiety, you're worrying, you're overthinking, uh, and you can't you can't relax. You don't got the house because just in case something might happen, you know, just in case you might see your perpetrator, just in case you know the things that's reminding you of that tr that trauma kind of yeah. pops up. So that's so there's hypervigilance, uh, and then you're kind of on edge and you can't relax, and so you're in that kind of fight or flight mode all the time. Yeah. Okay, and that can be quite a scary place to be. Yeah. So, what would you then? So, what would you then recommend someone? So, what are some really good ways of approaching supporting, you know, uh, PTSD or trauma symptoms? Yeah, I think there's a lot of ways. I think when it comes to trauma, I think it's also important to understand really when you are experiencing any kind of trauma you know, what a trauma response is. Because sometimes we don't really understand, you know, is this a trauma response? So so like we talked about before in terms of uh, unprocessed trauma, I think when a traumatic incident happens, at the time of that traumatic incident, the first thing that you react to is you kind of go through that fight or flight mode. So yeah. fight is basically you try to stand up for yourself. You try to be assertive. You try to kind of deal with that trauma. Yeah. Okay. But then it can show up in your everyday life in terms of arguments, in terms of not listening to the other person, in terms of bullying, it can turn into narcissism. Yeah. So these are things that we don't always see. So that's, you know, it comes there. And then when it comes to uh, the flight, you know, that's where we, we're trying to get away from that danger. Okay. And, uh, but then when, when it's unhealthy, that can turn into avoidance, that can turn into disassociation, that yeah. can turn into... When things get difficult, you yeah. take the exit. When things get difficult, you go for the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when it, you don't want to see people, you withdraw. So this is the flight uh, trauma response. And and and, it, and we all at times kind of do this, but without yeah. realizing that we do, okay? Yeah. And then you've got freeze. And freeze is supposed to be a healthy response where you're kind of understanding where's this danger coming from? What can I do? What can the next steps be? Yeah. Okay. But with freeze also, uh, you know, when it's unhealthy, when it comes to freeze, uh, it, it can turn into different things, you know, in terms of uh, where you're turning to avoidance. There's kind of, uh, you're basically isolating yourself. Yeah. Uh, it's where there's, uh, you're feeling quite low mm. uh, and where you kind of, you know, don't have any good boundaries. Okay. And then you've got, I mean, those are the main ones, but what we don't hear a lot about is one called fawn. Okay. I've never heard that. Yeah. yeah I better yeah. say that word carefully. Your fawn. And fawn is basically where you people please. Yeah. And we talked about it the last time in the, in the last yeah. uh, thing. And this is where, because of the trauma you've experienced, you want to avoid conflict so much that you're happy to listen to what anyone is saying. Yeah. You're happy to please them. You're happy to kind of, uh, you know, can't say no. Yeah. Okay, and because of that, you know, it, it affects your self-esteem. It makes you kind of uh, just be a yes person because you would rather avoid conflict and, and you would rather, then you neglect your own needs. You neglect your needs and you just do what, what other people want you to do, which again seems like a cool thing to do, but it's not because then it affects your confidence, self-esteem, affects your mood, affects your emotion. And then you kind of, you know, are stuck in that trauma, you know, longer than you need to be. 
I bet that's something that you get quite regularly on the helpline. And so I, I've always known about um, flight, uh, freeze and flight, you know, um, but I've never really heard of, I've never heard of this form. Yeah. Yeah. Response. And I think that sounds to me like so many cases that I see come through to the clinical support side, for the critical incident side as well, and how people are responding yeah. and reacting to things. Um are you seeing that more and more, like people opening up yeah. in that way and responding in that way when you're working with them? Yeah, and because of that phone, that's where, where you look at relationships, you look at domestic violence, you look yeah. at, you know, people who are narcissists. And, and and what happens then is that people, because then that attachment style comes into it because you are, that fear is there, fear of neglect, fear of isolation, yeah. fear of loneliness. So because of that, what do you do? You tolerate behavior that you don't want to tolerate. Yeah. You want to people please you want people to like you you don't want people to uh, leave you so because of that this fawn process comes in yeah. and we don't realize sometimes that this is a trauma response so the question to ask ourselves is why are we people pleasing you know if we are why are we uh, trying to avoid any kind of uh, argument why are we trying to take the easy option because sometimes what a trauma response is people want to stay busy all the time yeah of course i have yeah. to do something yeah. why because when they're not doing something then they have to think about it. They have yeah. to process it. And that becomes too uncomfortable. So people want to keep busy. People want to keep occupied. And because of that, they will tolerate things that they shouldn't be tolerating and they just want to make people happy. Yeah. Uh, but then when you recognize that, that's when you start to change yeah. to say, hang on, why am I people pleasing? You know, yeah. a relationship should be, you know, unconditional. Yes. You know, I shouldn't yeah. have, people shouldn't like me because I do things for them. You know, I should be stand up for myself. I should be assertive. Yeah. I need to remind myself of my own strengths, my own achievements, you know, my qualities, you know, and this should be an equal relationship. There shouldn't be any abuse. There shouldn't be anything. Yeah. I shouldn't be kind of walking on eggshells. Yeah. I should be able to be myself. If I can't, then I should question this relationship. And I guess this links very nicely into our other podcast on self-esteem. It does, it does <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think it is linked. And last time we focused yeah. on self-esteem here, we could understand that yeah. low self-esteem is a symptom of trauma. Okay. And that yeah. fawn is a trauma response that can happen when you've experienced different kinds of traumas. Good. Um, I could literally sit and listen to all this. It's so cause it's so fascinating. You know what? And it's something that I get questioned about all the time um, from the employers, from universities, um, from colleges, you know, looking to support young people, but, you know, also adults in the workplace as well. It's such a hot topic, um, especially after the, you know, the pandemic. I feel like I know every conversation that we all have is about mental health after the pandemic and how much more exacerbated it is. And, um, you know, I don't know if you saw some of the stats that were out recently, but there's 1.8 million people on waiting lists for trauma support and a further 8 million waiting to get on those waiting lists or something like that. And that's just for trauma support in the UK. Um, and I'm, I think that was through for primary care. So going through your, your GP and, and obviously it all depends on like what is available in your NHS trust as to what you're going to be able to get and how quickly you can get it. If you can get anything for trauma at all, there are some yeah. trusts out there that won't have um, any trauma resources, um, which is why I think it's really useful to, to mention some of the 
avenues that people can go down for support whether that be through an EAP. I know obviously we'll talk about, we can talk about how Health Assured can support um, from a short-term way, but what other treatments are available, you know, things like trauma-focused CBT and stuff like that. And I think the important thing is if you feel that you are, you know, experiencing these symptoms, so something's happened either recently, something that you feel has happened a long time ago, something that you are struggling with, so sometimes it could be concentration. Sometimes it could be you're always anxious. Sometimes you're always yeah. angry. Sometimes you're people pleasing, but you don't know why. Okay, so get in touch. You know whether it's health assured or whether it's any other EAP. Yeah. Because first of all, is kind of understanding what's happening and processing it, and then when you speak to a professional, when you speak to someone who's, who's specialist in trauma, they'll kind of make you understand that actually these might be some of the symptoms that I haven't processed. Yeah. yeah. Because sometimes when in childhood how your parents have spoken to you or your parents used to argue or you know they might have been alcoholic or they might or dad might used to hate mom and vice versa or you saw it okay or they shouted at you and then you were trying to protect your siblings and and you saw things that you shouldn't really have seen now that's unprocessed trauma okay because then it affects in terms of trust it affects in terms of relationship it affects you in terms of expressing your emotions it affects you in terms of boundaries yeah yeah yeah. it can affect you in many ways because what you've experienced there then it will affect you in terms of you could be anxious yeah it could affect you if you if you're confident or not it could affect you in terms of whether you're resilient or not it can affect you because then you've seen that what happens when you know uh, your parents are happy with you so then what happens you try to aim for perfectionism to you you try to be that people pleaser you try to then don't express your emotions you kind of become socially distanced okay so all these things again we'll go back to uh so if you've noticed that in yourself, then it's about saying, right, you know, let me let me process it. Let me talk about it. Let me speak to my doctor. Because what the doctor can do is they will have a chat with you. And if they think, you know, there's symptoms here, they'll kind of, you know, uh, refer you, you know, to a specialist to see if they get some kind of a diagnosis done. You can speak to local charity. You can speak to your EAP. Yeah. Uh, and with uh, Health Assured, I think and what I touched on before is, I think one thing that we do, which is really, really good, is power to recover. Yeah, and I, I think agree. you know, whether it's through health assured or anyone else, you know, if you've not heard of power to recover, I would Google it. I would go. Yeah, look okay, at you it. doing a shameless plug. They'll love you for that. Yeah, because because I think it's brilliant. Get some royalties. For yeah, it. <laughs> because I've been working with many, many, many people on power to recover. Yeah, yeah. All kinds of trauma. Whether yeah. it's one-off trauma, complex, whether it's child abuse, whether yeah. it's uh, domestic violence, whether something that's happened recently. Yeah. And I think what I've experienced with that is it's a mixture of audio recordings that you listen to on the program. You yeah. write about your own experience and then you speak to a trauma coach each week for yeah. a few weeks. And you're one of those trauma coaches, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And then you then see yourself that by just by talking about it, yeah. just by taking them small steps of making yourself feel safe, making yourself feel comfortable, having the right environment, just by just focusing on your self-care, just by kind of being kind to yourself, just by setting goals, just by, you know, doing little things, having that growth mindset where you're learning from that experience and you're trying to change and develop yourself just by having grounding techniques, just by, you know, having a journal or a diary and things like that it can make a big difference. And then what I've noticed then is from the starting of the program to the end, when we do the questionnaires and when we kind of monitor the performances, 
I mean, when we speak to people who experience any kind of trauma, you know, the, the change is it's quite amazing because you're thinking, hang on, how can it be so sudden, so quick? So then, yeah, it, yeah because for the first time in their lives, they've talked about it. They've yeah. processed it. They've yeah. come out of that comfort zone. They're facing those fears and insecurities and they've opened up and there's someone that's listening. There's someone that's not judging them. Yeah. And there's nothing to be embarrassed or ashamed about. So if anyone is experiencing any kind of trauma, whether it's now, whether it's in the past, talk about it. Yeah. Process it. I think um, the, sorry, I'm just checking how long we've been talking, zooming through it. I think what's really important is to know that you can make a full recovery from a diagnosis of PTSD, can't you? And that may take years and there may still be, it may still creep back some, some of the symptoms and some yeah. of the kind of associated behaviors and stuff. It, it, am I correct in saying yeah, that? Yeah. So you can be recover, you can recover from trauma, but it might be something that is then ongoing work. That's it, yeah. And I think depending on the trauma you've experienced, because if it's complex trauma, if it's chronic trauma, it's not going to be something quick. You know, if it's a one-off traumatic incident you've seen, then that yeah. within a few weeks or short period, that can, you know, uh, you can overcome it quickly. If it's been childhood trauma or if it's been complex trauma, something that you've experienced you know, a lot of time, then what happens is you get the ball rolling. Yeah. You talk about it, you process it, you try to understand that process, you understand the symptoms of trauma, you learn how to overcome and manage those traumas, yeah. okay? And then you kind of don't feel embarrassed or ashamed of the trauma, off of yourself. You're not embarrassed or ashamed to talk about it. Yeah. And then you kind of stop avoiding people, place the situation, and then what happens is you kind of, that confidence and self-esteem grows, that your thoughts, your feelings, yeah. your behavior start to change. And then you start noticing that actually, you know, my personality is coming back. I'm happy, I'm smiling, I'm, I'm putting myself out there. And then you start noticing that actually, this person that I lost for a long time, He's come back and he's come back and then it, it can make that difference. So so it can make a massive change. But I think, you know, it's gradual. Okay. And and, and I think the whole idea is is just like anything, if you talk about it, if you process it, if you, you know, um open up really like a lot of times you know especially for men yeah you know we hear the term you know man up you know yeah I yeah hate that. yeah i hate it yeah. as well because you know it's there's nothing wrong with someone being embarrassed or not want to talk about what's happened to them because you're something's happened to you that you feel embarrassed about then there's nothing wrong with feeling embarrassed about it it's about that, that's not just isolated to men either you know, i don't like talking about stuff yeah, like that yeah, yeah. yeah i think with men more because you know there's a label of kind of man up i think yeah, it's about yeah. opening up it's not about you know man up because it's about open up talk about it okay yeah. if you want to cry let's cry you know you want to feel shy that's fine if you're struggling that's okay you know if there's hardship that's fine there will be support people will support you people will believe you people will uh, kind of not judge you and people will help you throughout the journey to get you back to where you want to get to yeah so i think the important thing is is open up and that should be the message to everyone really you know and and if there's something that you feel oh i can't talk about it you know, it's when you're ready. Yeah. But you're not going to overcome trauma by never, ever talking about it. I think that's one of the key takeaways from this is that at some point when you are ready, you know, if, if anyone is listening and they are struggling, uh, perhaps with trauma symptoms, um, the first step is to start talking about it, but as and when you are ready. And it might be as well. I think we see quite a few people. So, for example, if someone accessed structured counselling through us, 
six, eight sessions is, ne is never going to be enough to touch on that trauma, but they may not be ready to start engaging with that anyway. So what we use our approach for is to get them comfortable dealing with the anxieties and stuff that they may yeah. be exhibiting in the short term and getting them prepared for something more complex on a longer and term. And that's why I think the power to recover is that, that perfect step. Is Absolutely done. agree. Start with that. You talk about it, you process it, you get that psychoeducation, you yeah. learn the coping methods, you write about it, you express your emotions, and then you can review where you are. Yeah. And if you feel, well, actually, I've got what I wanted, mm -hmm. that's fine. If you think, well, I need more, then there's kind of, uh, you know, then you can have, you know, long-term therapy, you yeah. can have CBT, you can have trauma-based CBT, EMDR. Yeah. So there's different options available depending on, on what they want. So it's about... Getting the, you know, getting, you know, starting on that journey, get that ball rolling. Yeah. Yeah. I really, it's going to turn into like a, a power to recover based podcast, but I think the, the benefits of it are so under sold, aren't they? Or they're just not like highlighted, not many people. So when I get clients come to me, like the employers saying we want specific trauma support, or I've got a university after a traumatic event, something like that, you know, we need to put trauma support in place for X, Y, Z, but actually we put you know, someone might do an ad hoc referral for EMDR, which, I mean, I've never done EMDR myself, but I know the practice and it's re-traumatizing to an extent. You have to go back and relive that trauma yeah. in complete graphic detail to rewire your brain, essentially. And the amount of times that fails, that EMDR process fails because they are not ready. That individual, whether it's a young person, an adult, someone that's quite emotionally astute, they're not ready because they were not prepared to relive that trauma. They're expecting, or, you know, whoever's paying for this therapy is, is expecting for a magic wand, you know, someone to be cured of their trauma when actually it's going to, there's a, there's, there's prep work you need to That's do it. to start engaging in that very, very high intensity treatment, which EMDR is, isn't it? It's, it. it's a huge amount of ground covered in a relatively short space of time. That's it's 12, why I think 16. you have to do it when, when you're ready. Absolutely. But something like Power to Recover is a really good way to get yeah. the groundwork That's in. It. And because you're starting to discuss the trauma, talk about it and, and start that psychoeducation piece. So it's not going to be a complete... It's not going to floor you when you go through trauma-focused CBT or EMDR and you're reliving that trauma. Because then you realise that Everything that I'm experiencing is absolutely natural and normal yeah. for me because of the trauma I've experienced. If I'm angry, there's a reason yeah. why I'm angry. Yeah. If I'm isolating myself, there's a reason for that. You know, if I'm kind of trying to please people, if I'm kind of you know anxious, if I'm kind of uh, irritable, if I've got physical symptoms, I've got palpitations, or I can't yeah. sleep at night, there's reasons. Yeah. Now, if we look at, if someone is experiencing any kind of trauma, let's look at what support might be available in terms of what kind of coping methods might be out there. So I think there's different ways, you know, that, you know, as a counsellor that I kind of touch on, okay? And if people are listening and watching this can kind of say, well, actually, I can put this into practice as well. So things like, so first of all, starting off having like a diary, you know, just to process, you know, what you, what's happened in terms of your trauma and just writing it down and then reading it out loud yeah. to you, okay? That can make a difference. Looking out for the symptoms, looking out for the triggers, you know, in terms of making a log of what are the things that are happening to you daily, weekly. That's something that, you know, feelings, you know, uh, behaviors, you know, in terms of, you know, making a note for that. That can be a good starting point. Secondly is grounding techniques, I think, which are quite massive. Yes. So because when you've got disassociation, 
when you're zoning out, when you've got flashbacks, yeah. when you've got nightmares, sometimes you need to come back to the here and now because obviously it becomes overwhelming. Okay. So some grounding techniques. I mean, the most famous popular one is a five, four, three, two, one grounding technique, which I yeah. think is fantastic. So it's agreed. Which everyone can can kind of use. So it's, it's so if you are feeling that you need to use a technique, or you know you're overwhelmed, you're disassociating, you're having flashbacks, you know you're having nightmares, then it's about just looking around you. Five things you can see. So describe them to yourself. Four things you can hear. Describe them. Three things you can touch. Two things you can smell. One thing you can taste. And you just repeat that slowly a few times because that what that will do is that will bring you back to the here yeah, and now. Impressive. And the shorter yeah. version can be you know. Three things that you've seen in your room that you've not yeah. noticed before, or three things of a particular color, three yeah. red things, or two two kind of you know blue things. Uh, and sometimes it can be in terms of taste, you know, something if you have something that's strong. Like we were kids used to have a sweet called uh, uh, Fisherman Friends. Oh god, it used to be a really <laughs> yeah. nasty sweet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you have that, that's that's that'd be perfect for a grand. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Or even the kind of sour sweets that you can have now. You oh, know. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So stuff like that, that's really good. Yeah. Even putting ice on your cheeks, even putting cold water on your cheeks, even yeah. kind of blinking can help. Yeah. Smelling something that's quite nice or quite, you know, quite strong. Yeah. I think the only key thing it's is... Like snapping out of yeah, it. Yeah, Whatever. That's what it is. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and as long as what you are doing in, in here is nothing that reminds you of the trauma. Yeah. Okay. Then everything else is really good. Okay. Yeah. And then sometimes even in terms of having... Uh, something in terms of touch you can have like a like a pebble or a stone that yeah. could be quite rough that can be you know like uh a, a grounding that. object yeah so wow. so so that's that's good and and i think what these things do is sometimes having like a picture something that reminds you of the here and now yeah you might have your work bad you might have a picture of your family that reminds you of the here and now when yeah you work bad. <laughs> you know, no, i'm gonna go back tomorrow yeah uh, <laughs> so it's something that will remind you of the here and now yeah. so whether it's the you know the five four three two one whether it's things you can see whether it's things you can hear whether it's music whether it's even saying to yourself, you know, just looking around you and saying the things you can see, or even things that you like about yourself. We talked about positive affirmations last yeah, time. You yeah. know, things that, you know, that you like about yourselves. Yeah. Things that you feel are your qualities and saying them out loud and saying that I'm safe. Okay. And that's just as important, especially when you're having nightmares. You know, it's about having like, uh, you know, uh, like a candle light, you know, in your room, or you can have uh, in terms of, you know, uh, saying you know things to uh, that you see in that room that you've not noticed before but also saying to yourself i'm in my house i'm safe you know and, and and the things that you like in your house the things that you like about yourself these are again kind of grounding techniques just to kind of keep you keep you basically you know in the here and now yeah and get you to overcome that fear and get you to kind of function and get you to make sure that you, you're managing that that uh stress or anxiety level absolutely I think um, there'll be there is, and I'd be surprised if there wasn't. But anyone that's listening to this might find it particularly tr triggering, perhaps. So I, I would encourage anyone that is listening. I mean, give us a call, absolutely. Um, definitely go and speak with someone because this has been quite an emotive topic. You know, even myself, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, like I'm feeling a bit wobbly almost. But I think it just goes to show the power of, of really opening up and talking about it. it. Um, you, you made a really good point because when you talk about it, 
it is going to trigger. Yeah. It is going to make you emotional. It might make you cry. It might make yeah. you scared. It's going to trigger things. It's going to yeah. be uncomfortable. It might not be nice, but I think it's important to process that because what we're doing is we're getting out of that comfort zone. We're going in that fear zone. In that fear zone, we don't like it. We're going to be scared. We're going to be talking yeah. about things which are going to be uncomfortable, which are not nice. But then the more you face that fear and insecurity, it will turn into a learning zone because then you yeah. learn how to deal with those fears and insecurity. And then that will turn into a growth zone. Then you'll see that that you are growing Absolutely. as a person. And then you're kind of dealing with that trauma better. And then when you are feeling it, Traumatized, I think it's also relaxation techniques are quite important here as well. Yeah. So breathing techniques, right? Seven eleven breathing. Yeah, look at seven eleven. For seven, big breath out your mouth for eleven. So as long as that second breath is longer than yeah. the first one, it's a good way to reduce that stress and anxiety. Square breathing. Square breathing, really yeah. Good, you know, just breathing as normal. We've got them on our desk, haven't yeah, we? The we little technique. I love yeah, them. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I talk about them all day every day. So yeah. uh, you know, just breathing as normal for four. Then hold it for four, breathe out for four and hold it for four. Yeah. So that can be really good. And just to release that tension, because when you are talking about this, when you are experiencing this, your whole body can become tense. So something popular is a progressive muscle relaxation. So you just tense each part of your body. So get your hand, clench into a face for 10 seconds, focus on your breathing, visualize a happier, a safe place, and then let go. Okay. So these are uh, really some basic uh, breathing techniques. And if you're struggling with, when we talk about nightmare, if you're talking with sleeping, we get that every day. So sleeping, there's a really good breathing technique called four, seven, eight. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you breathe in as normal for four, hold it for seven, and a big breath out for eight. Okay. Okay. And you repeat that four times. Because that shuts down, doesn't it, some of the overactive parts of your brain, doesn't it, and helps you? Yeah. I've tried it myself. Yeah. The next thing I do is it was it was eight in the morning. <laughs> it's like the counting sheep, isn't it? But it's actually useful That's and it. effective way. I mean, well, yeah. when I've spoken to about this, you know, when I speak to clients regularly, oh, I can't sleep, I can't sleep. I go, you know, try this. And when I speak to next time, I go, yeah, that worked. Yeah, yeah. I did it the second time and I don't remember what happened after that, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. so it goes to show there are ways of managing some of the symptoms, you know, especially when it comes to nightmares and you're just going to sleep. This is one of the techniques. Uh, but also I think it's... Uh, there's one other really important part about trauma is avoidance that we talked about. Yeah. So how would you overcome avoidance? You know, you've had a car crash, so you don't want to go in a car. You know, you don't want to go on public transport. You know, someone's had a stillbirth. You don't want to go anywhere near babies. You don't yeah. want to, you know, something happens at work. You know, you saw someone kind of kill themselves. You don't want to go back to work. Yeah. So when it comes to something in that we talk about, which is graded exposure. Yeah. So where you gradually face that fear yeah okay so for a, a quick example can be is and and we get this quite a lot is you know a car accident and i had one i think yesterday and uh, that's what we're talking about is that so then it's about saying okay how can we gradually face that fear because yeah. it's not all of a sudden you're going to jump in a car and you're going to start to drive again okay so what will happen is first of all you talk about what happened okay yeah, secondly yeah. you look at pictures about cars you look at something on tv about cars uh thirdly it can be things like you know car key just hold the car key see how that makes you feel yeah just look at the car or Never basically yeah or just sit in the car sit in the car you don't have to drive it sit in the car and see what emotions that yeah. brings for you then later on maybe just turn the, the car key on see see how you find that you know uh and then what kind of emotions 
And whilst you're doing these little, little steps, yeah. if it triggers, if there's a flashback, if there's anxiety level, that's where you do the grounding techniques that we touched yeah. about and the, and also the different relaxation techniques as well. Then you turn the car key on, see how that feels, okay? And then the next stage is move it forward, move it backward, go down yeah. the block, next block, next block. So like a car, you can do it, you know, if you are scared to leave the house, start with your back garden, front garden, on yeah. your pavement, across the road around the block, around two blocks. Yeah. So this is called graded exposure. And, and you, you'll do this in, in CBT sessions, you'll do it in counseling sessions, you'll do it in, in, in uh, trauma sessions where, and it's, we call it a fear ladder. Yeah. So you have a, your least fear, you have your medium fear, and you have your most fear. And you write down two or three things in each category and you work your way up. So this is how you slowly face that fear and insecurity. This is how you slowly overcome it. This is how you slowly get out of that comfort zone. You face that fear zone, you go into that learning zone and you get to that growth zone, okay? Yeah. And you gradually then realize your feelings, your behaviors, your thoughts are improving. Your confidence, self-esteem is improving. Anxiety and stress is reducing. And your personality is coming back. Your motivation is coming back. And you're back to... Back to Satch. Oh, back to So back to the normal person you are. Yeah, but yeah, it takes absolutely. A journey. That's what it's called, graded exposure. Yeah. And it's not going to be any, any, unless, like you say, it's one of those, you know, um, very recent traumas, an acute trauma, and it's subsided in a couple of weeks because you've, you, you've started processing it quite soon after. You know, other than that, it's really going to be, you've got to be patient. There's yeah. got to be patience there. Um and you've got to be ready to lean into that experience, I think, of, of overcoming it. I think what I am, like, and I, I know I said it before, but if anyone is listening to this and has found this quite emotive, like, please just go and sound it off with someone. You know, when you when you finish listening to the podcast, go and, you know, text your partner or, you know, give your mate a ring or something or just go and speak to someone because you might just feel a little bit better because it's quite a lot to listen to. Yeah. I'm certainly going to do it when we leave, yeah. leave here because... It's it's such a highly charged topic, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think the key thing as well is then is is that when this happens, it the issue here is also about self care. Yeah, because yeah. if self care, sometimes we focus on self care when something bad happens. We focus yeah. on self care when we're traumatized or we're anxious, but self care should be an everyday thing. Yeah, so I think here is about saying if I haven't got a self care plan. Let's put one together. Because yeah. self-care can be divided into physical self-care, emotional self-care, social, personal, spiritual. And for each of these, you know, uh, categories, it's doing one thing. So whether it's walking. What's your self-care routine? Mine is watching Turkish dramas. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Turkish dramas. There's a Turkish drama called Ertugo, yeah. And, and there's one called Osman, yeah. Uh, you got to watch it, yeah. Okay. I watch that. And um, football. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it's for Man United, which I'm not sure is good for oh, my mental health. But, uh, uh, but and then you know, I, I play a lot of tennis. Oh, uh, do you? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. My son keeps beating me now, so that's oh, why dear. I don't give up now. Yeah, so mm -hmm. I've got to try harder. And then it's family, friends, eating yeah. out. You know, it's finding your way of doing things that you enjoy. That's exactly it. And you know what? Everyone thinks of self-care as like a bubble bath and a face mask. And I hate that. Bubble bath, they make me feel sick, to be honest. And we've talked, I think I've talked about in other podcasts as well, where, you know, it's the little things that you actually do every day and you don't realise, but sometimes you just need to actually acknowledge that that's your self-care. So mine is, so I, I love to stand on the balcony after work and just like, just decompress after the end of the day. Like, I guess like what I I like watching, you know, like drivel on the TV, like absolute like rubbish, like reality TV, you know, really mindless viewing and that for me, I just like last like night I was a bit overwhelmed. Well, this yeah. is it. I watched Keeping Up the Kardashians last night just to 
stop feeling frazzled. Um, Keeping up the Kardashians. Yeah, I mean, it's probably on par with your Turkish dramas, <laughs> especially with the drama that's involved. Um, but yeah, you've got, I think people, you just, and I think what you guys do on the helpline as well, and we're not just talking about trauma here, but any, where you link in self-care or anything, you guys make them realise what they've got in their toolkit already is self-care. And, and I think then when you actually acknowledge that it is self-care, what you do that makes you happy, then you kind of lean into that helping you a little bit more. It is. It is. And I think all oh, this is a link because self-care, then you start to feel good about yourself. Yeah. Then yeah, you yeah. start thinking, well, actually, I've got qualities. I've got strengths. Then the positive affirmation that we talked about last time, yeah. you know, I am kind, I am caring. You kind of then like these things about yourself. Yeah. Okay. And then what happens is you can start, challenging negative thoughts yeah sometimes they think, i'm not good enough people don't like me i'm this i'm that but then you kind of and then when you look at when then you can start looking at negative thoughts in a different way hang on what's the evidence that supports this negative thought is it any yeah is it an opinion is it an emotion is it a fact no okay what's the evidence that contradicts that i'm not good enough well actually my strengths my qualities my education my uh work life my home experience mm -hmm. my attributes my kind of characteristics my this my that then you then What's the alternative way of thinking? I am good enough. I am capable. I am competent. I have what yeah. qualities. I'm Superman. You are you are Superman. Okay. And then the last bit was what would you say to a friend? You know? Because yeah. and that's a really good one. Because yeah, yeah. we're good at advising other people. So this way, whatever you would advise your friend, you know, in that situation is what you can advise yourself. So this is if you put them together, so you've got relaxation techniques, you've got grounding yeah. techniques, you've got a diary, you've got self-care, you've got challenging negative thoughts. Uh, that's quite a lot, okay. And then it's if you, close, and yeah. that's just you know a bit of it. And then it's about doing what you feel, because the key thing then is because with change, you want to change the symptoms because of the symptoms you've had. You want to change the things that are in your life. The, the the two main aspects, I suppose, is that positive that that mindset. Yeah. Because it's about making sure that you focus on things in your control. It's about being kind to yourself. It's about focusing on what you can do, not what you can't, and that growth mindset. So that experience you've had, it might be traumatic, but that experience, what have I learned about myself and how can I use that experience not to put myself down, but how can I use that experience now to kind of, it's called post-traumatic growth. Yeah. Something traumatic's happened. You get uh, so, so excited. <laughs> something traumatic has happened. So how can I now, what, what is it about me that I need to focus on? Yeah. Okay, so you focus on yourself. And the second part is good small habits. Yeah. If you do good small habits regularly and consistently, then it's not a quick fix. Because no, not quick no. fix, there's a lifestyle, and that lifestyle will be healthy. It'll be fun. It'll be positive, and then it can turn into that emotional toolkit, and it can help you to deal with any challenges being thrown at you. Mic drop. There you go. <laughs> that was great. No, I think that you've covered so much ground there, and I we could have turned this into like a three-parter. <laughs> um, especially, you know, trauma is such a load, and PTSD is such a loaded topic. I think yeah. what we will do, I'm just going to ask you, Saj, you know, if you've got any kind of final remarks, final thoughts that you want everyone that's listening to, you know, to take away. Um, I think ultimately... The biggest takeaway is if you do believe you're struggling, you need to speak to someone as soon as possible and then you'll get some direction and clarity on what to do next to to, to work on your journey through trauma. But have you got any kind of final thoughts, Sam? No, no, I think, I think, you know, from what we've talked about in summary is to understand, you know, openly talk about trauma. Yes. You know, you know, uh, 
increase your understanding of trauma. You know, whether you need to speak to someone, whether you need to read someone, even if you need to Google something, just have a look at what trauma is, the different types of traumas are, what the symptoms of traumas are. And if you feel that you've experienced any kind of trauma when you're ready, talk, you know, whether it's to a friend, whether it's to an EAP, whether it's someone at work, whether it's yeah. your doctor, and then have a look at, you know, what impact is this having on me? Okay. And then in terms of the look at, you know, what am I doing to take care of myself? What am I doing in terms of making sure that this is not getting on top of me? And if it is, and if I feel that it is affecting me regularly, then I need that professional help. Mm. And there's no shame, there's no taboo in Agreed. getting that professional help because that could be the best thing that you could have done because it could change your life. Yeah, okay? and you'll and live your most fruitful life ever. That's yeah, it, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Because when we speak to people on our helpline, is that after they've had counselling or they've spoken to someone or they've been onto a programme like Power to Recover, life has changed because they're not living in fear anymore. Yeah. They're kind of confident and they're functioning and they can enjoy their life and not live like a shell of it, which which I think they've been doing for a long time. Perfect. That was amazing. Thanks, Saj. No problem. I think we'll leave it there. That's ended very naturally and on a nice note there. Very positive and encouraging for anyone that's listening to look to go and get some support or know how to help others if you think anyone else is struggling. So thank you very much, Saj. No problem.